baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. December 15th, what a difference a day makes. It's chilly outside as well and will remain so really for the next two weeks. Right now, it is, if you average the temperatures throughout the area, about 52 degrees. And let me just quickly run through the daytime highs for you, okay? Today, 59, 60 Fridays, 52 Saturday, 53 Sunday. Next week, the 19th, 59 for a high, 57 on the 20th, 59 on the 21st, 58 on the 22nd, 36 on the 23rd. Peyton Malone, whom we'll talk to later, says it might even get colder than that. 41 on Christmas Eve and a high of 47 on Christmas Day. So if you wanted a cold Christmas, it looks like you're going to get it. But Lord knows we paid for it yesterday with the weather. Joe Valiente joins us right now, our friend, the Director of Emergency Management for Jefferson Parish. How are you doing, Joe? Uh, good morning, Tom. Uh, Tommy, yeah, we're, hand- we're uh, holding up fairly well, yeah. How do you uh, how do you want to start talking about this? You want to talk, start with where the tornado uh, began and then the path it took and is, was it one tornado that hit Jefferson Parish, or did it hit the ground, go back up, come down? Do you know yet? No, that's exactly what it did. Um, initially, we didn't know. About 4 p.m., we received a call from the National Weather Service and said, we think that, that there's a uh, tornado threat that's that's imminent. We, you know, the radar signature was very clear. So well, we, we actually uh, got in our vehicles, and we drove in the direction that they told us that it was forming. And sure enough, we saw it, and we ran parallel with it. As it wait, 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 hang a second. Let me, let me slow you down a little bit. Where were you, yeah. because I know the West Bank and a lot of, or, or Jefferson Parish and a lot of people do, where were you when you first saw this, and where were you driving parallel to it? Okay, so um, we went to the emergency operations center and got to call it a tornado. That's in there, Jefferson on the expressway? That is correct, okay, in, in, in uh, Gretna, Gretna, correct. Yeah. And then, and then at that point, we had received one call that there had been a touchdown at the uh, Winn Dixie and a store. And so, what we did, we said, "Wow!" So this thing, this thing actually touched down. The roof had collapsed. And then we got another call that the post office had been hit. So now we had two points, and we had uh, you know you, you can draw a vector. So we had a nice post office across the street from Winn Dixie and Marrero. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And so we drove in that direction down 4th Street. And as we did it, we saw it running parallel to us going um, toward the east, which eventually it ended up hitting St. Bernard again, which mm-hmm. is a very similar path to what it did in March last year, uh, except this time it was closer to the river. But at any point, uh, we reached the first location. By that point, we received that the Morero Harvey Fire Station, that area, uh, Morero Harvey, had been hit really bad. And uh, we had a tremendous amount of structures that had been obliterated, good telephone posts. So that was exactly where we went to, just to check that area first. And so we established our unified command post at the fire station, which was untouched. And we still had, well, we had backup generator power there, too. So that was ground zero for us. We had it. Uh, we had damage at West Jeff School, which ripped off half the roof. 
Uh, we had the entire area was out of wait, power. Wait, Joe, hang on a second. Ground zero would be where? For us, for us, it yeah. was at 808 MacArthur, 808 MacArthur. In Harvey. And literally where the, right? where the, the Morero Harvey yeah. Fire Station is located. Gotcha. It was literally across the street about 75 yards okay. where the path of the tornado went through. Continue, please. Could you hear me? Yeah, I did. Yeah, please continue. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, we started bringing in the resources. We needed uh, JPSO, uh, secured the perimeter. Uh, we brought in. Uh, it was it was getting dark, so we brought in light plants. Uh, we had over twenty light plants that we brought in to light up the devastated area because we had first responders that were looking for injured. And um, we had about a handful, maybe two people that were actually trapped in their homes and they were extricated and then brought to the hospital. No fatalities. We had maybe 10 minor injuries. But, Tommy, I'm going to tell you one of the biggest uh, assets we had, one of the the biggest uh, breaks that went in our way. I'm having a hard time articulating it, but the news media has been pounding us for three days about this storm, how mm-hmm. dangerous it was going to be. We took your reports very serious, and we had a very good game plan yesterday in terms of we were we were prepared to lean forward the minute something occurred. Uh, we were able to work closely with Dr. Gray, with the public schools, and Dr. Raynell Houston from the Catholic school systems on the West Bank, and they wisely chose to have an early dismissal. So we didn't have any children in any after-day care, you know, late care, and it, it just it just worked out well for us. And there was a very low volume of traffic on the street at that time. So there was the highest level of compliance I've ever seen from the citizens, and I and that's what I attribute the low fatality rate to. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Is there any damage as far back as Barataria? Because now I know where you're talking about. I'm looking at it on the map. Um, uh, kind of close to St. Rosalie Church. You're talking about between 4th Street and the expressway, correct? Was ground zero, you're saying? Exactly right. 4th yeah. Street to the expressway and then... Uh Barataria, and all the way back to, um, I guess, uh, Durban, maybe, because it, 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 it Gretna sustained, uh, as you went further east, Gretna sustained a lot of tree damage, a lot of rooftop, top, rooftop damage, um, telephone poles knocked down, things of that nature. Not quite as severe on the structures, but there was a tremendous amount of structure damage along the route. Um, we're going to get our post-damage assessment. Uh, teams are going to go out at 10 a.m. today. I'm meeting with the National Weather Service at 8.30 to survey the damage so that they can give it a rating. Uh, but I can tell you, based on what I saw in St. Bernard, I saw trees that the bark had been ripped off. And I was told for the St. Bernard event that that indicates winds in excess of 160 miles an hour. Wow. So 
I saw some of that evidence there yesterday. Hang on, Joe. We'll take a break, pick it up here. We come back. If you all have any questions or comments, 504-260-1870. We're talking to Joe Valiente, our friend, Director of Emergency Management for Jefferson Parish, about the tornadoes yesterday that affected the area. 721 traffic now, WWL. 727, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Joe Valiente, uh, Director of Emergency Management for Jefferson Parish. Um, Joe, a text comes in, and it's an interesting question because I remember growing up on the West Bank and seeing stories about other places with tornado sirens and not understanding what that was. Are there any tornado sirens in Jefferson Parish? Uh, there are not. Um, they were back in the 50s and 60s under the old civil defense program. But they are not. But oddly enough, the parish president just visited at uh, St. Charles Parish, and she visited their EOC, and she saw their system, and she came back with some ideas. And, of course, one of them was to look at the potential for sirens. So, um, I mean, literally, that was about a week ago, Tom. Yeah. So we are looking into that. We have a local emergency planning committee that is made up of uh, industrial uh, businesses and complexes of the uh, chemical industry, and we're working closely with them. And, you know, they have indicated that they would be willing to assist with those uh, purchase and maintaining those uh, sirens. So um, clearly that's going to be a topic that will be brought up during during those uh, sessions. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we move to something along those lines, because uh, it would appear to me that tornadoes are becoming, um, you know, a commonplace now between New Orleans East, St. Bernard, and now us. I mean, it just seems that the weather patterns have changed to some degree that these systems are making it further south. And this tornado, the traditional tornado alley has apparently shifted further south. You're reading ahead, Joe, because my next question was about that, about staying weather aware and how in, back not too long ago we'd say, yeah, weather aware, whatever, it's going to rain. But now maybe we should take those warnings a little more to heed and pay more attention. And certainly it helped yesterday because you said earlier that uh, it was the notice that everybody had given the public and, and they did take advantage of it and stay off the road. And thankfully, not more people were hurt. That's 100% correct. And the state GOSEP, the Governor's Office of uh, Homeland Security and Emergency Management, also, uh, we had a briefing yesterday early, about 11 o'clock, and they kept pounding home that, hey, this is going to be serious. The threats are real. The risks are high. You know, make sure that you let the public know and you communicate. And we did, Tommy, and, and it paid off. So, you know, I say this all the time, and I mean it. We have to have a strong symbiotic relationship between emergency management and the local news, period. That, that, that's my old running area that got hit yesterday, so I guarantee you got my attention. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate your time. We'll talk to you again soon, 730. Time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.